Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Tell It All, where we find hope for our struggles and have a safe place for our vulnerability. I'm your host, Doriani Godoy. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode. <laughs> guys, we're already laughing because we already messed up, and, like, it's fine. Like, I love it. Like, let's candid all the way. Um, guys, I have Audrey here with me, and I am so flipping excited to have this conversation. I just am so excited to hear your heart, to hear your story, to see, like, to hear your journey with Jesus because it honestly is such a beautiful one. Like, God, like, ah. <laughs> Just like seeing him the way he like showed up in your life yeah. is just wow. Like I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> might as well just jump in because I don't really have an intro like I'm not gonna say anything I just want you to like take the wheel because yeah. I know that you've been preparing your heart for this and so I'm just gonna be like here you go yeah well first of all I'm so excited thank you Dory for inviting me here and um man I'm just really excited I pray that like right now the people that this is falling on like that their ears are open and they have eyes to see and they're just ready to receive this so let's just dive in um so I grew up without like a Christian background um we were kind of like Christer Christians is best what it's called um so we'd go to like church on Christmas and Easter and like pray at the dinner table but I didn't know that you could have like a relationship with God I didn't know what it looked like to read your Bible or like ask him to like like talk to him throughout the day I just yeah. thought it was like bless this meal that's it that's the only part that Jesus and so that kind of left me open to a lot of attacks growing up uh, spiritual attacks and so I grew up as a tomboy um my whole life I have two older brothers and they would always uh I would run with them, you know, like fall down, scrape your knee, just keep going. And yeah. so I've been called like a tomboy my whole life. And um, again, that was kind of instilling into my identity. Uh, but the enemy really took that and ran with it. And so um, I also had a lot of father wounds growing up. So my mom and my dad are married and they're together. But um, I just from a very young age experienced like misogyny, I guess you best call it. Or just, you know, my father not fully showing up as a parent and that was really hard and so it kind of left bitterness towards men in my heart from a very young age so then like fast forwarding a little bit um I got like my first boyfriend when I was like 16 and I was like (laughs) (laughs) and you know it was like it was a great time and then he like shattered my heart into a million pieces and I was like what the freaking heck this is terrible um and still growing up without a foundation of the Lord and yeah, nothing, to fall back on. nothing nothing but the world literally. nothing but the world and so another really key important part of this is that when I was 14 I got really sick we didn't know what was going on um, but I had to start being like homeschooled and I was just very isolated so not only did I not have any foundation but then I didn't have any even friends to really connect with yeah. beyond that and so um, after I had that bad breakup when I was 16, I really just dived into the world and dived into isolation. And I don't know if you guys have like experienced, but like Tumblr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. that there's yeah. a big culture on Tumblr of like, be who you are and be who you want to be. 
And so I began to like dive into that. I began to dive into the understanding of like what sexuality, what is gender, like all these different things. And I was like, you know what? I started to realize like I had felt that way for a long time. I started connecting dots that um, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I had crushes on girls when I was little, like all these things. And so then I had this community of people that were telling me like, oh no, this is normal. There's so many other people who experience this. And once you just live out who you are, quote unquote, (laughs) that you're going to be happy. And I was like, you know what? This is me. I'm gay. Like I don't know what my gender is. I'm non-binary. And I really began to feel that and live that out. So like one day my brother and I were in the backyard and he just buzzed my hair, like just bald. Um, We came in. We're like, what's up, mom? She's like, oh my God. She's like, what happened? I, I didn't know if I bought those clippers at Walmart, this would turn out the way it did. But it did. Um, yeah. And so I began to dress like a boy some days. I began to dress like a girl some days. And I began to really fall into more of a, like a masculine role. Um, and then I just kept moving forward with that. And in my household too, like my relationship with my parents was even more broken. Um, it was seemed like I couldn't end a conversation with them without it being a fight. Like everything was just constantly uphill and a battle. And they loved me and they were totally like the parents were like, you know, we'll love and accept you wherever you're at. Um, so that's not why we fought, but it was more just the enemy was just his claws were deep in every single one of us, just dividing us further and further and further. And so as I began to continue to push further into the world and like pull away from my family and the ones that loved me, um, I eventually got a girlfriend and I was like, oh, now I'm going to be happy. Um, I'm so cool. I I lived in California at the time. So I was like, I smoke weed every day. I um, dress this amazing, cool way. Um, Now I have this cool girlfriend and certainly this dying depression inside of my heart will go away. You're like, you know, all of these things are just going to fill me up. They're just going to do great, right? Well, spoiler, they did not. (laughs) So they um, really just left me more dry. And I remember very specifically this one time, this this girlfriend, she had a giant, one of those like sunglass, not sunglass stores, those closets that had like the giant mirrors on it. Uh And we were sitting together on her bed. And I just remember like looking over and seeing us in the mirror and realizing like, oh my gosh, I feel so empty. Um, And so that went on for some time and this girlfriend actually ended up being very emotionally and mentally abusive to me. So then it was like, dang, I cannot catch a break. (laughs) And then uh, my family, we ended up losing our house due to a failed business and we ended up living in an RV for a while. This was a blessing in disguise because we lived in an area called San Clemente and my mom had a bunch of family down in San Diego. So this was, the Lord's hand was always working, but this was a very key important part. And so this was really important because we moved from San Clemente down to San Diego where all my mom's family was. And um, it was Easter 2016 and my sister was like, are we going to go to church, mom? And my mom was like, you want to go to church? And she was like, yeah, well, we go every Easter. And my mom was like, yeah, we'll go to church. (laughs) So we all show up to church 
and my sister has a pentagram around her neck. I look straight up like a boy. Um, and that we were just laughing and making fun of the Christians on the way in. And so we sat through the service and for me, I literally don't even remember what was said. Um, I just remember feeling the Holy Spirit burn my heart, like set me on fire. Like I literally get goosebumps even just thinking about it. And this church specifically was really good. His gifting was evangelism. Like every time he would have tons of people at the altar. And so he started to say, um, you know, a salvation prayer. And I just remember sitting there and be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. And I just remember hearing so clearly in my mind, in my heart, if you don't stand up right now, you're going to remember this moment for the rest of your life. Um, And so I was like, I am going to be such a hypocrite. This is going to be terrible. And um, I ended up standing up and little did I know my sister and my two cousins who were all in a very similar place all stood up and we all just like looked at each other. My family looked at us everyone's wide-eyed and we all just start crying and it was really (laughs) it was really one of those night and day transformations um I was still walking in homosexuality when I entered that church and um I began to get involved in their young adults ministry and so I just got to be literally loved on like when I showed up I was like they're like open up to John 3 16 I was like how do you do that (laughs) where Where? what do these numbers mean (laughs) so they literally taught me like how to open and read a bible um but what was really important about my walk is that no one really tried to correct me. I was still dressing like a boy. I still looked very obviously gay. Um, and it would, everyone just really let me fall in love with Jesus. They really realized like, this is a baby. She needs milk like right now. Um, (laughs) and it, it wasn't until, um, and I still struggled with homosexuality up until that point. And it wasn't until um, we had one of the young adult leaders, he ended up preaching on Ephesians 2.10, which is, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus to the good things he planned for us long ago. And um, when he preached that, I was like, it was finally like, I swear, it just clicked in my head. Um, I was like, wait a second. I was designed as a woman. Like he thought of me from the foundation of the earth. Like when he was in the beginning, he thought of me and he created me and he had a plan for me. And he knew I, he knew he wanted me to be a woman and he knew he wanted me to be with man because he is the creator. So he gets to lead and teach and tell the creation the way that they're designed. Yeah. Um, and so that was the moment that I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when the process of renewing my mind really started of like, hey, I God literally give you everything. I was just listening to Everything is Yours by Maverick City in Upper Room on my way here. Oh, just, I love them. Oh They're so good, Their right? The album that they dropped. I mean, like, literal. <laughs> okay, I know we're like, we're like, sorry, sorry. But for but real. Like, literal chills. Like, yeah. Have, talking to Jesus. Yep. When yep. I first heard it, I was like, Dude. Oh my God, you knew how to do me like that. Like, you could have just, like, totally transitioned it in. And I was like, boom. 
<laughs> that's exactly that was exactly it. Exactly. I I absolutely love them. I've just been I've been in this funk where I'm like I don't really like my worship place, so I just started shuffling all of Maverick City's like songs, and I'm just like, now nah, this is good. This, this is, is where we need. <laughs> yeah. I know I love them so much. Yeah, they're they're amazing. I was listening to their song um, with Upper Room and Everything Is Yours, and I'm just yelling in the car. I'm just. That was really what my mentality was beginning. I was like, wow, Lord, you shuffled this one in. Um, was literally like, Jesus, I know I feel this way. I know this is where I'm at, but I know that you created me. I know that you uh, designed me, and I want to know what that design is. And so that's when I began just, if I, just as if, if a boy was addicted to pornography, mm-hmm. what he doesn't need is he doesn't need, he needs self-control, Right. That's the fruit of the spirit. So self-control is really the root problem there. Yeah. And so instead of just being like, oh, stop being gay. Like, don't have that thought about a girl. Like, just don't do that. Yeah. It was like, Lord, every time I have a thought like that, I'm going to submit that to you and teach me what self-control looks like. Teach yeah. me what what love looks like. And so it was just literally step by step by step with him. And then eventually, as people saw, like, they were like, okay, she's ready for a little bit of meat. <laughs> okay, yeah. she's ready for this. And um, that went on, and it, it really, I never went back. Um, and from there, it's just been uphill. <laughs> Wait, downhill? Uphill? The good. Whichever way's Whatever, good. Whatever way works is good for me. <laughs> I just... It makes me want to cry because I think that it's, like, our God is so good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, mm, it just makes me want to cry <laughs> because, number one, the fact that you were met with mm. so much love. Yeah. You know, like, it wasn't this thing where it was like, oh, my gosh, you're gay. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh, you were on your route to hell. <laughs> you know, like, literally, like, oh, you're going to hell. Like, no, it was like. We yeah. really love Jesus, and, like, mm-hmm. you're going to love him, too. And I think I think as Christians, we have a really hard time believing that God can do it. Mm. And so it's like, you know, I've had a, I had a conversation um, on Monday with another one of my friends, and I interviewed her, too, and she, she was also not a believer. And mm. her boyfriend, like, showed up for her and mm. did um, – like he was a Christian, but he didn't. He didn't say. He just prayed to God. Mm. And he was like, "I believe in the capacity of my God to like yeah. come into your heart mm-hmm. and to train you." And I think it's really, really beautiful to see God show up for us and show up for you. Mm-hmm. Like you were knee deep. <laughs> oh God, it was like, it was far, far, far. I think, I think as Christians, people truly believe like when you're knee deep, like there's no way out. Mm. Like you're never gonna come yeah. out of that. And so. It's like, number one, I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> like, I'm so proud of, like, your transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so proud of the way that you have surrendered to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think I think you described it so perfectly when you said, you know, like, you know, it's the same thing as if a guy has a, a guy or a girl has a problem mm-hmm. with pornography mm-hmm. to me because, you know, I've heard people tell me before and, like, People might get angry at me for saying this, but, like, I've heard people say, like, that's your one sin. Mm. You know, we all have that, like, one sin. Yeah, the thorn in your side. Yeah. And so, like, depending on where you stand with the thought of, like, homosexuality, like, that could be your thorn. Mm -hmm. Or that was your thorn, is your thorn, whatever. But, like, that you, you surrender it to God, just like an addiction to pornography, an addiction to alcohol, like, 
you have to have self-control. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to bring it to the Lord yeah. or you're not going to be able to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the case. And so I think it's just like seeing your surrender, seeing mm-hmm. your heart for Jesus. Like it's inspiring, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, we have, like, I could never understand what you're going through. You know what I mean? Like I literally could never even picture myself understanding because that's not my journey, but it is yours. And the fact that like, it's so intentional so beautiful yeah. you know to see the lord be like i'm mm-hmm. gonna place her right where i need yeah <laughs> and i'm gonna put these amazing loving mm-hmm. little people i know <laughs> and they're gonna not hate on her and they're not gonna tell her she is this really terrible human being no they're just gonna show up and be like oh you want to know the lord okay let me show you him. Um, yeah. you know and it wasn't because they knew the Lord. Exactly. And I think that that's the beauty mm-hmm. of surrounding yourself with people who know his heart. Don't just know his word. Mm-hmm. Don't just know what mm-hmm. the commandments are. <laughs> Don't just look at you and say, like, wow, this is God. <laughs> you know, but they know him. Yeah. For his grace, for his compassion, for his mercy. Because for a God who literally creates us as a masterpiece, mm-hmm. and he never looks at us and says, like, uh, maybe scary. the blood wasn't enough for that. <laughs> and his blood covered everything everything and he knew he knew he knew when he started he knew he was there for every I'm single <laughs> <laughs> that ice is gonna be so good later <laughs> yeah, i love about the candidate because you're just like all right, oh, the noise. <laughs> Just, you know, living room. <laughs> it's all it's good. Okay. We're chilling. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, it, I, don't, I don't even remember what I was saying. <laughs> About Jesus and his blood. Yeah, yeah. Like, he knew every single type of sin and every, because sin sin is sin i know we understand that like sexual sin he talks about like man that one's going to be heavier because not only is that sin against me but it sins against your own body Mm -hmm. but sin is sin the blood of jesus still covered it and he knew everything that he was dying for and so literally no one is out of reach from him no one like i and and i have to remind myself that because my heart is so much still for the lgbtqia plus community like to be there for them, to love them, to be that branch. Um, the Lord has just spoken a word of bridge over my life, over my heart, because I want to to guide them, to show them, like, hey, like this is so much better. <laughs> this, is, this is actually okay. <laughs> This is so good. And yeah. I know from the outside you might have been met with religion, but that's not Jesus' heart. Like, that is not his heart. He wants relationship with you he wants to know you and that was what changed my heart was not knowing that you know in in the bible when it talks about like having that that homosexuality is this terrible thing that they were they were starting to have sex with each other and it was just terrible it was so bad but it's also like someone walked up to me and told me that i'd be like cool i don't really care i'm just gonna live my life like but then to someone to tell me oh my gosh here's this perfect spotless man who literally got to live in heaven where everyone was worshiping him 24 7 and he chose to come down to us on this earth that he created so that he could literally be like dory i know exactly what you're experiencing because i've already walked through it all 
and I am the solution and I've done it and then I took all of the sin and all the blame and everything and I died the most gruesome death for you that's what changed my heart and two like people get get like caught up in the phrase like Jesus died for your sins what does that mean like what does that mean from the outside people don't know what that means i've I've had people tell me jesus loves you jesus died for you i'm like cool i'm like cool context please yeah and that's why i really feel like that one-on-one connection and one-on-one evangelism is so important sometimes like man be friends with people if you're strong enough in your faith be friends with people who the people that break your heart right Mm -hmm. the people that break your heart now if you just got saved and you're trying to you know get on the path with the lord don't be going back and be like no i can save my boyfriend like okay cool bring him to church let's go like but we want to be in community and connection and relationship with those people because that's how they're going to see like oh my gosh like you're so different like when waves of the world come like you're not overcome by that i'm like oh yeah because i have this forever anchor who loves me so much <laughs> wow hold on <laughs> so many things I'm literally like shaking my like you're literally like coming in you're just like shattering me with everything you're saying like wow i think mm, i think that that's so beautiful to to see that and i think it's so powerful for you to say that because i think to say all of it but especially the part where it's like having that intimate evangelism Mm -hmm. with that person because of the fact that there are plenty of people in our lives who will tell them like oh um jesus loves you like all these things like you have to show them with your heart Mm -hmm. you have to show them with your life you have to show them with like the way you show up for Mm -hmm. them and i think i think that that's like so beautiful like to have that calling on your life Mm -hmm. because it's like I know that, you know, years in, I'm going to be like, Audrey, like, how you been? You know, like, you're going to be talking. you be like, oh my gosh, like, I have this friend and this other friend and this other friend and this other friend. And I brought them all to Jesus. And like, it's so exciting. And I'm just like, I'm going to be in awe because I can see the potential and the calling God has on you to mm-hmm. do that. And it's like, how can you not just like sh- be shaken by the Lord? You know what I mean? Like right? how like, uh, it's just, it's, it's so beautiful, like, everything you're saying, and, and I just, like, I literally am speechless, I'm never speechless, but I'm speechless, <laughs> I wish I knew what to say, that's okay, I, I have 10,000 words, like, okay, you know, go. it's like the female brain, like, has, like, way more words than the male brain, I feel like mine is, like, double, like, it's extra, well, see, I feel like, I feel the same way, but, like, just keep going, I just want to keep hearing, yeah, well, one thing that's really important to me, too, um, with my walk out of it because that's oftentimes a question that people ask me like well how did you get out of that and you know so many people experience conversion therapy and I've watched videos I'm like oh my goodness that shatters my heart into a thousand pieces it's kind of like Mormonism shatters my heart because you're so close to Jesus yeah you're so close and you added those things that's why conversion therapy breaks my the birds are singing they're very happy for us (laughs) snow white is here (laughs) (laughs) i'm about to go out there and beat them (laughs) quiet down like like on shrek just start singing (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, guys. So um, the birds are chirping. Yeah, it's a good day. I think they're, they're just they're just saying amen. Yeah, to everything the you're saying. Glory right now. to God. Everything yeah. is worshiping okay. Him right so now. So walking out of it, yes. Walking out of it, and so like conversion therapy breaks my heart because it's like, man, you're just trying to like you're taking the religion, not the relationship. Mm, and yeah, so a difference. I think people don't understand there's a difference between religion and Jesus. Yep. And the biggest thing that people ever experience is religion which is why we have so many non-christians and so many people that hate the christian Mm -hmm. community because all people are met with is religion and not jesus yeah because not enough not enough of us know his heart we just know his laws yep and so it's like how like what's the point of knowing what jesus is saying and his laws and his commandments if you don't know his heart exactly you can't share anything without knowing his grace compassion and love his Mm -hmm. you know it's yeah yeah religion says um I will love you if you do this. That's what their God says to them. Jesus said, I already loved you and died for you. Come to me. That's what relationship is versus religion. There's nothing I accepted and I acknowledge what Jesus did. There's nothing I can do to to like get rid of my salvation. I, I believe that because if, if, if it were different, because if the blood wasn't enough, you know, then, then that means it is based on actions and it's not based on actions. It's based on the acknowledgement of what he did and then you're forever saved. Like (laughs) you repent, you give him your heart and he comes in your heart and you're forever saved. And so walking out of it for me, it's, it was really a process step by step and understanding one of the biggest things that I understood was like, Oh my gosh, the enemy's attack on fathers, on men. Mm-hmm. Right now, I totally, I'm like, I love women. I love equality is what yeah. I'm here for. I'm not here for superiority of women over men. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and mm, I feel that so much right now, right? Is men or women are better than men. Women that's are better than, yeah. That's been a big thing for me too. It's like, I don't know where to stand because I'm like, no, I believe we're all pretty cool. But I'm like, <laughs> the fact that you guys want to say like women are better. Yeah, mm, yeah. And I'm like, that, have a role. that defeats the purpose of exactly what we're fighting for. Do I believe there's sexism? Yes. Do I oh believe that? I see it every day. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> see my family. <laughs> right? So we know as women women that that there is sexism but we know too right now that we're going way too far on the other side of what it looks like to be like women empowerment is different than women's superiority so there's such attack on men and their roles as fathers and once i understood i'm like oh my gosh and i traced it all the way back to the first male relationship Fathers are so important because they are your first example of what it looks, of what Jesus looks like, right? Of what God looks like. I had bitterness in my heart before any, before I got saved that, that God and Jesus were a man, that they were a father. I, I had bitterness because he was specifically called a father because I had anger and bitterness and unforgiveness towards my earthly dad. And so when I went back and I was like, oh my gosh this thorn has been here the whole time and it's just been festering and festering and festering and that's where these actions are coming from instead of continually beating down the actions i'm gonna work to get the splinter out with jesus (laughs) and so i just began (laughs) yeah like i just began to invite the lord into my relationship with my father help me realize that he is a man. He grew up in a really bad household. Help me have forgiveness like I know Jesus has for me. Help me forgive my father. And when I forgave my father, that really was like 
took out the wound. Now there are times where I'm still like, oh, I didn't know that maybe the little like shrap metal was still there, like the little pieces. Yeah. Of it. Hey, so, I mean, just because there's stitches on it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It's ugly. <laughs> so, so it's like it's a it's a process still to this day of like, oh, I feel I'm going back to that mindset of the world of this unforgiveness towards him. I'm just gonna start praying for him. I'm gonna start, Lord, like how can I be intentional with him? How can I connect with him? And when I connect, understand him. It helps me love him and it helps me um, see like beyond men's exterior and into their interior and maybe understand why sometimes he did the things that he did. And so that was one of the biggest steps for me to be able to truly walk away from homosexuality because I've walked multiple people out of homosexuality, but multiple of them have walked back into it. Mm. And and it was because they were just like, no, I can't forgive my father. I can't forgive my mother. For gay men, it's, it's most oftentimes their mother. Yeah. Um, and um, it's just, it's really hard. Like the person that sat me down for the first time and talked with me and told me like, told me like, hey, you know, are are you gay like i want to talk with you i want to show you what the bible says this was after i had been saved for a while he's actually married to a man now no way yeah and so i don't know what broke in that connection because it he had a brad um breakup with a fiance who was a woman and with that he left the church he isolated himself. He let the bitterness grow, and you're gonna go to what is comfortable. Yeah. Tomorrow, if I stopped like connecting with the Lord and start connecting with the world, I could easily go get a girlfriend. Like sometimes it's frustrating to me because I'm I'm a very dominant personality. I'm very like <laughs> so, so like that, and and so I'm like, dang Lord, like help me be patient for the man that wants to pursue me because your girl's saying all your hotties. Like, hey, I feel that. Yeah, hey, trust me. I think, uh, you know, two girls right here, strong personality. Like, girl, you know what it is. I'm like the man's supposed to be the alpha. Like, what? pursue me, like, pursue yeah. me. I'm like, I could really pull some puppet strings right now, and I could get you to like me. But dang. it's hard being so dominant. And it like is being looking for yeah. a significant other because, like, it's weird because there are a lot of men who men don't are turned off, I feel like, with by a lot of dominant women. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is, like, we don't understand is, like, there will be, there are men who are like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's like, oh, dang. Like, You're like, you know what I mean? And so it's like being patient with that yeah. and, like, knowing that. Because, I mean, obviously, like, we all be, we don't understand that men are also taught that they need to find a woman yeah. who's weak. Yeah, who's like not willing to speak up and mm-hmm. you know speak out and do and be independent and not depend directly on them. And so it is hard, but I mean that's not what we're talking about right now. Obviously. But this is this is important too because yeah. that was one of the seeds that planted in my heart as a young girl. Mm-hmm. You're a tomboy just because you just because you like to rollerblade and fall down and get back up and you don't really like cry about it that much. Like yeah. like you're you're a tomboy. You're such yeah. a tomboy. Like these like you're things. Not delicate. You're, you're not, not delicate. This this means that you are less of a woman. This means that. That your femininity is is less and I'm like I think that my femininity is just a little bit different yeah I think that we've we we have two two exciting two extreme sides of the coin because I looked this up because I was like I'm very curious so 40 so they they surveyed 40,000 LGBTQIA plus um on uh, suicide and one out of ten of them actually attempted suicide and 
that was really, I was like, why, Lord? Like, how does that happen? Like, how is it across the board? And the, the number was even larger for how many of them said they experienced self-harm, um, uh, anxiety disorders, different things like that. Wow. And so I'm like, Lord, why is that? Because we have two extreme sides of the coin. One is this is how women are supposed to be. You're supposed to want to cook, clean, take care of children. Like, right? Like, yeah. this, is, this is what femininity is. And then we have the other side of the coin teaching children. There is no... There is nothing, there's no design. You can be whoever you want to be. You can be whatever. And so we've given them boundary lists and we have too many boundaries. And so then it creates confusion and anxiety and depression and all of these different things. And so it's really important to me now to realize like, oh my gosh, like my femininity is not defined by like if I like to do those things or not. The Lord show me what a feminine woman is in the Bible, in his word. And we have like as a community of Christians decided what a Christian feminine woman looks like. Yeah. The yeah. eye roll. Yeah. 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 Trust me, I, I struggle so much. Like I'm like, oh, I just want to wear this. Like I just I'm I'm more of I don't like to wear makeup. I yeah. like barely do it. I like yeah, I don't like dressing up like that often. Mm. I'm not. Like, I don't ever gravitate to dresses that's yeah. not, like, I'm like, oh, give me some jeans and, like, yeah. a graphic tee and yeah. some, like, friggin' Air Forces and yeah. I'm game on, I'm, like, know? so good. I'm literally wearing, like, this <laughs> this old man's thrifted NASCAR, like, baseball tee over this. But I love it. But that's what Thank I'm saying you. is, like, I, it's hard because you go into church and you see, like, the heels and the, and the cutes and the little dresses and the things that I, like, look at myself and I'm like, well, I mean, if I have to compare myself to yeah. that, then... Maybe I won't find a husband. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's like, it's hard to see that because you're like, well. Exactly. You know. But it's not. It's I think I think one of the, the really fun things about society nowadays is like we are transitioning to a period of like a little bit too much of like where we want, but also <laughs> like allowing everything that, you know, you yeah. are like what we're wearing is yeah. trendy and cool yeah. and like whatever. And we're like, yeah, I've been wearing this though finally it came around the Bermuda shorts my thighs are too big for the tiny ones so this is good with me (laughs) yes Uh, okay yeah sorry I keep like no no I love it like that's exactly this is so important this encompasses these are these are the beginning like symptoms of what pushes people away from the church is these pretend rules that we've made up when I'm like where in the bible does it says that a proverb 31 woman needs to uh, wear a dress I wasn't exactly sure about that scripture Proverbs 31 woman woke up in the morning. She got her stuff done. Like, do you really? I think you slept till 12 today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally can't. There's like another verse. I saw another thing that was like, no, we're not going to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And she started taking off like all her jewelry or something. But it was supposed to say that like jewelry was uh, a sin or something. Yeah. Like, misinterpreted. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I think God in that, in that verse was saying, take off whatever is tempting you Mm -hmm. and so they started taking off their jewelry because that for them was their temptation or something like that Mm -hmm. um and i just like it blows my mind to see tiktok because Mm. like there's so many christians on there that have no idea what they're saying and then people just like oh (laughs) (laughs) she's about to rip the table she's gonna do like (laughs) jesus did (laughs) um they like they 
just like take everything out of context yeah. and so it's like tiktok is such a big platform mm-hmm. <clears throat> where we could reach a lot of people yeah. but we're not reaching people because we're not giving the right information yeah. and we're not t- like we're not like the the quote nowadays if you don't know and you should know is like hot girl summer yeah you know? and so now they're like no hot girl summer it's a proverbs 31 summer or whatever and it's like what does that mean you're not giving context mm-hmm. you're not explaining what that means you're not explaining why yeah. that would be better than hot girl summer yeah. technically and like okay what if is there a grace for girls that do decide that hot girl summer is what they're gonna yeah. do you know what i mean so like and like, like where where is hot girl summer a sin? Like, yeah, like, like, like I okay. feel really cute like this. I guess you could say I feel hot. Like yeah, yeah. Th- this is this is you know this is what I'm talking about. Like when we when we restrict like just because it says hot girl summer, then it's yeah. suddenly no. We need to make it Proverbs 31 yeah. summer. Like no, like yeah, it, it like condemns it, and that's yeah. the thing is like. And, I mean, I've looked at it. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm having a girl hot girl summer. Like, my girl, my butt is getting into juice. You're going to look good tonight. I've like, seen your Instagram stories. You've inspired me. I have not been in the gym. But that's okay. You can still have hot girl, girl summer without like, the gym. Like, you can, though. That's the thing. It's like, I'm barely there. Like, every time I get there, I'm like, I hate that I'm here. <laughs> I'm literally late to, like, the gym time. Like, we're supposed to be there at, like, 5 or 6. And it's, like, 8 o'clock. I'm like, I'm I'm, like, there. dragging in. Like, I... But I think that that's the biggest thing is, like, bringing condemnation into what society is trying to bring in instead of trying to see the intent behind it and being, like, being, like, okay, how can I love people through this? Mm -hmm. Or, like, what if, what if I did, like, Mm -hmm. like, what if a Christian I know did Hot Girl Summer? What does that person make it look like? And then having a conversation in that and saying, like, okay, this is good. This is going to be good. Like, it can be good, you know? Like, it can be empowering. It doesn't have to be like, you know, slutty or whatever yeah. the situation is. Like, so it's, it just, I've had so many conversations lately about this and I feel like may the Lord's like speaking cloud, like loudly, but I used to not feel a burden for that. Like for the, mm. like the condemnation of mm-hmm. like societal things to people yeah. because I was just like, I was so focused on like, what does my life look like? What does this look like? And that's okay to focus on yourself, but also looking at like, what is our, what is us as, us as Christians doing to bring other people in? Yeah. Like, are we being accepting or are we being condemning? Are yeah. we having, are we sharing religion or are we sharing love? Yeah. And so I think that that's like this, that literally encompasses the, this entire conversation as mm-hmm. you, like you continue to speak. I know that the biggest thing is love, mm-hmm. you know, like what, how, you know, like hope to me always says like in our like session mm-hmm. she always says like she knows hope by the way that's why I just <laughs> like that like, like, um but like if i'm not connected to love mm-hmm. then how am i going to be connected yeah. to others yeah. you know like how am i going to be connected to um like loving people well i can't yeah. i can't love people well if i'm not connected to love and so as christians if we're not connected to the love of god how are we supposed to pour down? Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to give? How are we supposed to love? How are we supposed to accept those that aren't? You know, and it's like we're losing hundreds of people yeah. every day because all they meet is religion and not yeah. love. And so, like, your story is, like, even more beautiful because it shows that you were met with mm, love. Yeah. And so, like, as you continue to speak, like, I just wanted to add that because it's, like, it's like people don't understand yeah that. And the greatest commandment that Jesus literally was like, this is the number one thing. Love God above all else, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. It's a very important order. You first have to love God, and then the Lord is going to teach you how to love yourself. And then as you love yourself, 
then you're going to be able to love others to the capacity that he's taught you to love. And, like, my sister and I, we kind of call ourselves, like, spies sometimes. Because, like, we really like to infiltrate, like, worldly things. So, like, I'm an artist, and I loved to, like, infiltrate these different little areas that are predominantly, um, you know, LGBT areas. And I love to befriend people. Like, I just want to be your friend. I just want to love you. Because what did Jesus do? How did he walk with his disciples? It wasn't like he just came up and did, you know, street corner evangelism with them one time. He chose specific people and was like, follow me. Yeah. I don't care what your past is. I want to know you. I want to be with you. And I want to teach you what it looks like to live like me. Mm. And (sighs) it's like, oh my gosh, like Jesus is so good. I think that that brings to me like um, the the woman in the well. Yes. Oh, I love the woman in the well. The bleeding woman and the woman in the well are my two favorite Bible characters. Well, besides Jesus. Well, I thought Jesus is the main character. I think it's like, oh. Jesus went up to him in the well, and she was like, he was just asking questions he already knew. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, like, if you drink out of my water, like, you'll never be thirsty. Yeah. Like, never. Mm-hmm. And Jesus wasn't saying, like, you don't love me. <laughs> and you have been through marriage and marriage and marriage. You're basically just like a whore. Like, I just could never come close to you. Like, you know you're going to hell, right? Yeah, like, like, you know I'm sending you straight to hell, right? Because you're a hoe. Like, literally, like, I don't know, because as much of my podcast, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and, so, <laughs> and so it's like, it's it blows my mind because, like, as humans, like, we don't know what that looks like, right? Like, we have moments of, like, I'm human, you're good, <laughs> I'm human, and I make mistakes, and I do all these things, but, like, when you have that conversation of, like, what did Jesus do to people yeah. that didn't know him? Yeah. What did Jesus do to people that, like, l- didn't love him, didn't see him, didn't do his word, weren't yeah. good people, slept around, yeah. made mistakes, what did Jesus do? Yeah. And it's like, did Jesus go up to him and be like, oh my gosh, Yeah. let me see your body <laughs> Like, your body count is so high. I just Are you kidding remember. me? Drink this water. Literally. Quiet down. <laughs> like, like, Jesus was like, hey, so, yeah. um, I actually, like, love you a lot. She was like, what are you talking about? I'm literally a sinner. And it's like, oh, well, everyone is. Yeah. You know, like, we're all little sinners. We all do things. And it's except like, for me. We're all except me. <laughs> but he didn't say that because he knew that. He yeah. didn't need to say it. And yeah. I think that's even more, wow, oh my gosh. Just, Revelation, boom. Lord. <laughs> Even Jesus, who was sinless, didn't mm-hmm. boast about his sinless, yeah. sinlessness. Like, Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. And he didn't walk around with, like, I know, I know, have heard, have seen people mm-hmm. who believe they're sinless mm-hmm. and have gone up to people and ruined their relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus because they thought they were, like, yeah. sinless. They were, like, perfect. It's have you like, ever heard of pride, baby? <laughs> literally. Jesus didn't even have it. He was the one who should have been in the streets mm-hmm. boasting yeah. about his perfectionness. Should have been literally being like, I am the... It's me! Yeah. I am the God. And I... You've been waiting. <laughs> anyone with religion mm-hmm. he get up he went up to them with love yeah he invited the work quote-unquote the worst the worst like whatever like mm-hmm. i didn't actually quote it but like in my own quotes you know what I mean? <laughs> um like he was like the tax collector and everybody like everybody come and sit at our table because i'm gonna love you well yeah he didn't invite the pharisees and the priests and all these mm-hmm. beautiful like all these like hi i'm really better than you yeah. people like he was like no no no, no. 
like yeah. the one in the corner like yeah. sitting there like i want him exactly because he he needs my love they need my love out there the pharisees and all those people but mm-hmm. because they're so righteous, yep. they, they're never going to accept He love. individually met each person with the way he needed to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so important. My sister and I were talking about this so much the other day. Each person, so like Jesus, would go up to the Pharisees and he could be harsh with them. He yeah. needed to be blunt with them because they had layers and layers and layers of religion. Yeah. But for the people who have been hurt by the pharisees they needed to be spoken with utter love and the way jesus spoke with the pharisees pharisees is still love because to tell something to not tell someone the truth of the love of the gospel is is that's not loving like that's not loving but each time he communicated he communicated specifically with each person and i feel like we get caught up in the way that jesus be acting when he flipped the table and he'd be really yeah one time one time you ain't gonna let it go ever huh like jesus literally looks at he goes you ain't gonna ever let that go huh i flipped the table once all right and it was right thank you very much like you were like wow jesus flipped tables once and one time and the entire the bible is huge yeah one time you flip the table and now that's all that's what you're gonna base your attitude behind the way that you connect with his individual people it's just it's crazy it's crazy and so i just i love what you're saying don't understand like I think also, though, like, even talking about, like, oh, you're pride and you're this and that, but, like, there's also so much grace for the people who act Yes. You know what I mean? And it's, like, most of the time, they've come from a background where religion was literally shoved down their throats and probably didn't have the best home life. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that's a little bit of what people don't always comprehend because we don't have like i feel like our generation is slowly learning how to connect the dots of like mm-hmm. emotional health and mm-hmm. all these like things super like, important things exactly. <laughs> things that should have been um taught before yeah but then our generation's all messed up and now we have to figure it out ourselves oh, no. you know like, like, oh, so. <laughs> um can you tell we're both like hurt because <laughs> we pay hundreds of dollars in therapy trying to figure out <laughs> crazy because like there's like even though we can talk trash about like not even talk trash just be honest about what those people are doing and how much they're hurting the people it's also like no one's ever taught them grace no one's ever taught them love and they have no idea the loving father that they have because the father that they see is the father in their brain who's yelling Mm -hmm. and ready to like take them out and ready to like hit them and you know, and it's like if that's the version of God they know, because not only were they taught that by their parents, but their parents probably showed that to them, mm-hmm. like acted that out of a father or a parent who is very unkind, not emotionally connected. That obviously is going to pour into other people because it's like, well, if he only knows a father who hates him, mm-hmm. then how can he show anyone a father who loves yeah. them? You yeah. know, because it's like that there's no connection there they are Mm -hmm. not connected to the love of god yeah so when you're not connected to him all you know is a father who hates Mm -hmm. you and so many people Mm -hmm. know all they know is a father who hates them and not a father who loves them and i that was the father i knew Mm. before i went into therapy and before i started getting like what i'm almost four years into my salvation and the only father that i truly the version of god that i had in my brain did i know he was loving yes but did i believe Mm -hmm. he loved me no yeah could i test this love yeah like Like, could i be like god is gonna love me mm -hmm. or am i constantly thinking god hates me i'm never gonna be enough for him i'm always gonna be like i'm always gonna have shortcomings i'm 
always going to sin. He's going to send you straight to hell. There's no capacity for me. Dang, Holy Spirit, <laughs> blown through. <laughs> um, there's no capacity for him to love me well mm. because he hates me. Yeah. And going into healing and realizing, like, you know what? God actually doesn't hate me. God mm. actually loves me. Mm-hmm. God actually shows up for me. Like, God is a good father. He gives good gifts. And so, like, having that be my version of Jesus has allowed me to show other people yeah. that version mm-hmm. of Jesus. But it's like, is it the wind? Is that it really wind? is. It is. It's literally Holy Spirit blowing through. It's fine. Um, it adds spooky I it, effects. I thought it was like, like I was like, what is it going to pass? The it's sirens. a tornado coming. <laughs> it is clear as day. We're preaching way too loud and the enemy's coming for us. Or we are preaching good stuff and God's And they're cheering us on. I think it's both. I think God's like cheering us on. Yeah. And the enemy's like, I'm about to take you through Oh. But yeah, so just like. Yeah, so just having knowing that father is, yeah. is so amazing. And I think, and I relate a lot to what you were saying about having, you know, a father that felt so disconnected and didn't love me well and was, like, so, like, loud to me and, you know, yelling and, mm-hmm. you know, verbally, yes. like, abusive in times and stuff like that. Like, having a father like that, it's like, how could you even think that the Heavenly Father is going to be a good father when yeah. all you've been, like, presented to you is literally like yeah abuse yeah kind of, you know for real. and so it's like but that's where you have to see and be like you know but that's not my father in heaven mm-hmm. because he's perfect and just because I didn't have a perfect example of what a man looks like mm-hmm. in my life doesn't mean that God, my relationship with God has to pay for it yeah and um I love I absolutely love love that because w- w- Jordan and I we came from Southern California and so Jordan is my sister. I mention her a lot. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. I love you. She has a ministry called World Makeover. She's amazing. <laughs> but we came from Southern California where it's it's very much like you are either for God or you're against him. There's no in-between. Yeah. And so that was uh, the dynamic that we, for our, the beginning of our faith, grew up in. I think I'm five years old now. <laughs> I can't remember this past Easter. Hey, we're I think so it's, close. Yeah. Like, hey, you're a year off of And, um... Uh, what's it called so but then moving to texas now and kind of being met with this like christianity as a culture yeah has been a little shocking to me you're <laughs> like this is crazy yeah like yeah. you just prayed for me and then like we're really upset and did not like act in grace at all after that mm-hmm. like it's very this very interesting dynamic of people have been raised and know what it is to be a christian quote unquote but yeah. To actually walk with Jesus is so different than being a Christian. And mm, wait, I didn't even like. <laughs> wait, I want. I want to like. I really want to go in a little bit on that. Yeah. Because I think. I mean, obviously, we all know we're the Bible Belt. You know, like everyone here is like, "Oh, I'm a Christian," but are you a Christian? Yeah. And that's always the question. Is like, um, are you though? Are you a yeah. practicing Christian? Yeah. Like, are you walking with the Lord? So like, in California, mm-hmm. how does that look like? Like. Does that mean that, you know, because normally people don't grow up Christian, their capacity to know Jesus is a little bit better than here? Or So I think that it's it's usually one or two things. Um, like myself, like you get radically saved. Like it's like night and day. Now there are people who are going to still struggle with like step by step. Like I come in, I leave. I come in, I leave. Yeah. Um, but 
So then when you're communicating with people, you can almost guarantee that if you're not at church, you're communicating with someone who doesn't know Jesus. Like (laughs) you can pretty much. And so then you get to be like the spy. Like I said, like you literally have to kind of walk into situations knowing that you are probably the only Christian in the room and be like, Jesus, like show up. Who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to be intentional with right now? Who is this person that you brought me here for? So then you go communicate with that person and you connect with them one-on-one. And then that's where that kind of like walking in relationship evangelism looks like. Okay. Here, (laughs) you can almost guarantee that if I said God bless you to someone, they would say it right back just fine. If I said God bless you in California, I'd probably get a double bird. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Like if you, or, or like, oh yeah, you do you. Or like... It's very much like you either hate Jesus, you're okay with all religions, or you are on fire for him. There's not there's not a lot in between, or at least in my experience. Yeah. So then to No, come, but I don't think you're surprised. I don't I'm not surprised because of like I know people from California mm-hmm. and like that's yeah. yeah. But I didn't know the specifics, I just yeah. knew like the overall. Yeah. That's and, crazy. And so then coming here and being like you're a Christian? Cool. Like, let's be friends. And then yeah. the, and then you start connecting, get a deeper level, and you start to pull back some layers. You're like, oh, I feel like I'm back in San Diego talking with someone who doesn't know the Lord. And that's okay. Like, they could have really said that salvation, just like I said earlier. Like, salvation is salvation. Yeah. They could have said that. But, man, you could have so much more freedom in your life. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You could be connected to Jesus you, so much more. You could be, um, just have a life that so much better and but then it's a little bit harder i find here we've found my sister and i have both found because she's like really gifted at evangelism and um it's not one of my strongest suits but that's okay it is hard (laughs) um and so we've found both that it's like it's actually harder to preach the gospel here where everyone's like yeah i already know and you're like Like, yeah you like quote like a verse and like yeah I hear that at church every Sunday yeah like John 13 John oh <laughs> John 3 so so to connect with people and it's it's a little bit hard and but yeah. but the Lord has taught me so much about like what you were saying too about this loving father and I think that's one very different thing here in the bible belt um is that we've been met with a very like condemning father and culturally too like what we were talking about earlier like men are more that dominant personality and like i am the man of the house and what i say goes like you're like okay jesus you're supposed to be like him and he died for his church and i'm supposed to be the bride that's okay anyways because in the bible it says the man sacrifices for the so man out there listening (laughs) if you got a special lady in your life just love her man love her love her well well. i'm expecting her to be this like servant like she doesn't she's not here to serve serve each other exactly that's what marriage is is you're both serving jesus and then each of you are serving one another to get closer to jesus to push you closer to jesus and so it's like like, that's what they say yeah that's literally father son holy spirit is the representation is like pulling the man up like that's not i mean the man thinks he's pulling up because he's supposed to be like the one who you know is the like the um faith driven but in reality it's like if you're not putting in the work at all and y'all you think that taking us to church on sunday is gonna do it boy boy i'm putting in the work me. i'm pulling you up pulling, like i think i am the man in this freaking house let's go oh my god yeah totally like and and so that's really hard and 
so many people have been met with this heavy religion and so then we get these really passive men and these women that are like overcompensating for that and it just breeds bad things yeah but one thing i was thinking about when you were talking about like um a loving father this is one thing too that helped me kind of like walk out of sin and even if i have a day like i'll have times where i'll walk like i'll walk past someone and they'll be my exact old type like they'll be the girl that i would have been like hey and hey, for girl. a moment, yeah, you for Snapchat. I can't believe people get each other's like Snapchat as the form of like communication now. I feel like I'm 23. I'm like, when did this happen? Like, I know, I know. I used to not use my Snapchat at all when I lived in Alabama. Like, people just stopped. You. I guess, like, I don't know. My age, people stopped using it, right? No. But now I walk. I came to Texas, and like people my age are like, "Hey, let me get your snap." And I'm, I'm like, like, "My snap? You don't want my number?" I was like, "This is this is like seven years old. I stopped using Snapchat. Where are we at? Like, time is like, as soon as I graduated high school, bro. That diploma deleted. <laughs> but I was like, okay, like, but, sure. Yeah, and so it like it breeds this culture, this weird culture. But I was thinking about how, um, so I would have encounters like that. And I would just, it would crumple me still to this day to be like, dang it, like, why, why this person? Like, why, why does that cause that stumbling? And um, I would go into the cycle of like this shame, this beating myself up, right? And just being like, you need to do better. You need to control your mind. You need to control your thoughts better. Well, let's put the brakes on. I love, so Hope, awesome. She does this really cool program. What's it called again? Um, alive and uh, living 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 fully alive living fully alive something like that so yeah. they mentored someone called sammy and spencer and they do living uh, alive and free so my sister goes through that program and she, oh, I heard she was doing the single one yes oh, it it's, so wow it's amazing yeah. definitely couldn't recommend it more um i feel bad but i've been kind of like skimming the videos too <laughs> so sorry <laughs> freedom is freedom <laughs> but um they they talked about she has an eating, she experienced an eating disorder and she would throw up and and she would beat herself up and she would get in this cycle of shame condemnation and spencer went up to her and he's like when are you going to learn to love yourself over the toilet because wow. jesus loves you over the toilet jesus love doesn't change for you jesus love is going to be the same today tomorrow we can't make him love him love us any more or any less it can't be earned it wow. is what it is and so that set so much freedom. This has been this past year for me to understand that concept of like, oh my gosh, shame and condemnation and control and, and this extreme discipline is not truly what I need. But what I need is to understand love, understand the Holy Spirit, understand the fruits of self-control. Yes. But even if I slip up, I'm going to choose in that moment. I've been redirecting myself right then. I'm like, it's okay. Jesus' blood is enough right now, and he knew, and Lord, I invite you into my heart right now. I invite you right here. I invite you into my mind. I give you everything. Everything is yours. Like, what we're talking about with that song, literally, everything is yours. So, that cycle has helped me so much understand, like, a loving father. <laughs> that A father that's not like, again? Really? You did it again? Like, for every sin, whatever it is you experience, this doesn't just have to be about homosexuality. The Lord 
already knows and everything is enough. And as we just continue step by step walking with him day by day, he's just going to continue to meet us with that love. And instead of us shaming ourselves into submission, how about we run to the Father, into his love, into his grace, into his kindness, and and really be there? Because what's that going to do is to be like, oh man, I probably had that thought because... I was feeling not enough today. I didn't connect with the Lord and I didn't fill myself up with him. I filled myself up with the world. And so that's probably where that came from. And so Lord, here's this. I'm gonna leave this at your altar and I'm gonna start new right now in this moment because your blood, your mercies are fresh and new every single day for me. And so that is what's really shifted my mind to a undying loving, well, dying and then rising loving father. Um, wow I just I think it's crazy because I can relate so hard to your story Mm. and I think like what what a beautiful conversation to have today knowing that we both experienced the same thing and I like what you said it's like you said I don't want to quote it wrong but (laughs) you said you said sitting in shame but running to the father or running to shame and then running to the father like stop running to shame yeah stop running to shame so I think that that's the that's such a Thing that I like my personal journey has been of like putting myself down and mm-hmm. that like what you said you know like oh just feeling the shame this guilt this constant thing and it is so beautiful mm-hmm. when you can be met with God yeah. in that moment when you can sit and look at yourself and say like I'm actually not a terrible human yeah. being I'm actually capable of being loved yeah. by this really good father that I have and like shame is for me I used to always say that guilt was what ran my life Mm. because that's all I ever knew how to do is like Mm. if I was guilty about something you probably could make me do it Mm. um and you know even in moments where like I've had my mom say to me like I know how to make you guilty so that you can do what I want and it's like that you don't realize how crazy that can affect your relationship with Jesus when you're saying, like, my thought process was like, God's probably making me feel so bad because he wants me to change and he wants me to be, do better because I'm not doing enough, because I'm not acting enough, because I'm not, and you sit and you think like, you know what, like, my mom is loving and kind and loves me so well, but she's human. Mm Mm-hmm. And she makes mistakes Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have it all figured out. And she grew up in a really toxic home and she has a really bad past. So sitting there and comparing Jesus Mm -hmm. (laughs) with a a heavenly father who loves him so much to my mom, Mm -hmm. there's no comparison. Yeah, There just cannot be a comparison there. And so when we begin to learn to let go of the pieces that our parents have installed in us Mm -hmm. that have sadly shaped our relationship with Jesus and we start to let them go we start to see a father who loves us and then we get to we get to practice that when we have moments like those where you look at yourself and you say I cannot believe I just had that thought yeah I cannot believe I just lusted I cannot believe I just you know whatever like masturbated I cannot believe I just like um, whatever, sent a picture to a guy. I don't even know, like, what. I'm trying to give examples, and I can't seem to I can't believe I smoked weed, drank. Yeah, like, whatever it is. Be prideful, angry, gossip. Like, yeah. whatever it and is. looking at yourself and saying, like, you not looking, not letting it identify you yeah. and saying, like, this is who I am. Like, Jesus must hate me. Jesus must really think that I'm the worst 
daughter in the world. No, Jesus looks at you and says, like, I am so stinking proud mm-hmm. of you for first yeah. realizing where you, what you did. Yeah. And now allow me to come in and mm-hmm. give you grace and give you compassion and give you mercy because that's who I am. I'm a merciful father. My mercy, my grace flows out of me and it it's never ending. Mm. It's like a waterfall that never ends. Yeah. And so I think as humans, we have to learn to fall and allow God to pick us up. Yeah. And allow God to meet us there because we pick ourselves up and then we shame ourselves. We self-soothe, yeah. Yeah. And we're like, I know how to get myself through this. And it's like, you're getting yourself through it with shame and guilt Mm -hmm. and and lack of compassion and frustration and anger and hating yourself when God can just be like, "Mm, I love you. And that's how we have those Christians or those pastors or different people who end up being looking fine from the outside and blowing up, like, Mm -hmm. like having an affair. Like, because it's these tiny little fractures that keep happening over and over and over. And it's just this shame snowball that builds up to the point where it might have started with just a lustful look to the point where you're, like, laying in bed with somebody, like, how did I get here? Yeah. And I know so many people who I'm, like, who I've seen walk down that path. And so when the Lord kind of, like, like it, it just hit me. Like, when, when she said it that way, I understood the concept of, like, man, like, you don't have to shame yourself. You don't have to be in condemnation. Like, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like, I understood that. But then when I heard, like, hey, like, I still love you even in the midst of your sin. Like, I am your father, your creator, your the love of your life. Like, I'm never going to change. Like, that's when I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, to be, you know, like, five years down the road and finally figure this out with the Lord, I'm like, if if we could just begin to teach people more and more of this because that's a fracture Closer of religion, right? Yeah. yeah, like at the beginning. Yeah, like if we taught you, them that. Like said five years for me, it was like four years. Yeah. In. I was like, what? Wait, hold on. God actually loves me? Yeah. And you're like, four years in, bro. We've been at this for like four years. Like the whole point was that I love you. Exactly. Like finally. I mean, it would have been easier months in, but here we are, you know? Yeah, and like to understand his love is one thing, but then to like, walk out what it looks like to be in his love like to be like how you were saying like even when we slip up like to know like he still loves us like it doesn't it doesn't change and so um he is just so amazing and so good and that is really the foundation of why my life has changed and why I never went back to what the world had to offer me um from overnight because it's never better better. and it will always I need whoever's listening to this and you're thinking about maybe sinning or whatever it may be doing like whatever that addiction that thorn in your side is it's never better it's never turn on a worship song throw your phone away from you if it's pornography whatever it may be and just be with him give him five minutes and I promise like, and you just say Lord like be be in my heart be with me right now yeah. take this desire take this addiction take this shame mm-hmm. it's gonna change and it's gonna literally replace and it's gonna feel so much better yeah. Yeah. well I think the, the biggest like example of that like in my brain was um a couple weeks ago Karina like my best friend and I we went out with her parents to mm-hmm. um the cowboy thing or whatever down in Fort Worth Oh, the, 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 the practice stadium? No, no, no. It was oh. like, I know. oh, it's called Billy Bob's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Help me, <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> Billy Bob standing in Fort Worth, Texas. All right, let's see. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I love Texas. I have a love-hate relationship with Texas. <laughs> um, okay, so... <laughs> I know, the name is really interesting, to be honest, but... So I think, um, so one thing that, you know, we went out, we, we danced, we had this fun and, you know, obviously like we were in the world because mm-hmm. that's what they're, that's what it was. It's yeah. like a world um, situation. But I think when we looked around us and this isn't coming from a place of like shame or condemnation for anyone. Cause we met, we tried, we met every single person we met with love, but like we met girls who were like the age, like 18 who were drunk, yeah. you know? And like, and we had, we saw so many girls like get like quote like played by guys like drunk um dancing and it's it's not by judging they were okay so they were crying they were getting drunk they were doing all these things right and you were like it was a place of like I looked at Karina and I remember saying I was like you know what I love about the fact that I know Jesus now is that I know that sadly these girls are going to wake up tomorrow and be completely empty believing that you know you know getting drunk making out with these boys doing all these things was um okay back to the interview sorry guys we got distracted um okay so you know I looked at her and I said I get to come home and I get to have fun I get to dance do some country dance and listen to music (laughs) maybe have like you know it's not my conviction I had a drink like and I didn't get drunk don't worry guys um (laughs) but it was I looked and I said, it sucks because tomorrow we'll wake up and we'll be fine. And we're going to go to church. We're going to get filled up. And it's going to be great. And I'm not going to feel shame or anything like that because I know my loving father. But Sally, these girls are going to wake up yeah. hungover being like, oh, what guy did I make out with last night? And what, what, you know, what did I, why did I make that decision and be completely empty? Yeah. And so that's the thing about the world is like when we run back to the world, right? And you don't have Jesus, even even having Jesus and running back to the world is still so hard. But like when you don't have him at all and you're just enveloped in the world, the amount of like numbness and Mm -hmm. like you just like nothing fills you up because nothing can like that. The, the void in your heart is Jesus. Like it literally is. If you try to fill it up with alcohol, weed, whatever, like sexual things, like you're not going to be able to, but I think, but looking at those girls, it's not even looking at them and being like, Oh my God, you're going to wake up. It's gonna. Be, it's sadness. It breaks your heart. Yeah. You're like, I'm so sorry that you yeah. have no idea how loved you are. Yeah. By the heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like it's just crazy. Yeah, and it's hard too because it's hard to tell someone in the world like, because they see from the outside in, they're like, your God just has so many rules. Like you know, it's oh my like, gosh, how many times <laughs> why would I want to live that out? He just wants to tell me what to do. And, like, a father wouldn't, would tell you, like, don't run in the street. Not because he wants to control you or tell you what to do, but because he doesn't want you to get hit by a car. Like, the Lord doesn't tell us, like, not to have sex before marriage or in other relationships or with uh, the same sex because it's going to, like, he just doesn't want us to do it because it's going to be so good. No, babe. (laughs) It's going to hurt and it's going to feel terrible and then you're going to feel depressed. And I was thinking about this weird analogy. Um, <laughs> I was like, thinking, I was like, man, imagine if I like bought some chicken soup and I bought some chocolate ice cream and I just dropped a 
giant scoop of chocolate ice cream in the chicken soup, right? Disgusting. Yeah. Then I went individually on their product websites and I wrote a terrible review. I was like, this product is disgusting. I threw up when I was done eating it. It was so bad. And then the creators messaged me back and they're like, well, that was not the way it was intended to be eaten. Like, <laughs> that was not the way that I, I spent this time making this ice cream, making this product, making this packaging. I took time and dedication to make that. And I'm going to tell you right now, it was not intended to be eaten that way. And that's the same thing with the Lord. The Lord is not telling us what to do because he's this controlling father, but rather he's the creator. And if you're the creator, you probably know how something that you created works. Like, yeah. that's why we have manuals in our cars. Like, because they know all the tiny pieces that they installed. And when we yeah. think even just like physiologically, like very obviously, it looks like man and woman were meant to be together. And so, I'm like in the world to have to tell someone to help them understand like the Lord doesn't want to control you he wants to protect you yeah. and again it just goes back to well we have to start with love like yeah. we have to start with love with them because they're never going to want to hear like you should stop drinking you should stop getting drunk and having yeah. sex because you're going to go to hell like that's pretty pointless you're yeah. wasting your breath babe and you're Literally. probably just fueling the enemy's fire for that girl to then the go talk one in that moment yep and then now what what happens if that girl goes or boy goes and talks to their friends who might have been borderline like i don't know if i should stay with my walk and then they tell them about this back and like you know what you're right i'm out of here yeah and like that fuels the fire. Every interaction you do, you have, is a representation of Jesus. You are wearing the branding of Jesus wherever you go. And so whatever you do, if you are racist, if you are homophobic, if you are sexist, if you are rude, if you are hateful, you are representing mm -hmm. Jesus. Cause they will, and there's like a large mob mentality now. If you do something really out of character, Jesus, guess what? They're going to track you down. They're going to find your social media. They're going to know who you are and they're going to ridicule you. And then they're going to find out, oh my God. And then she went to Gateway Church, like on top of it. Like, yeah, like, oh, of course she's a Christian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now it's almost like guaranteed that when you see people having, you know, fits in the grocery store or arguments in the grocery store or at a gay pride parade trying to yell and scream at people like, of course you're a Christian. Like, really? That's a representation of us, you guys. <laughs> and so those girls in the in the bar and then Billy Billy, Billy Bob, Bobs Billy Bobs <laughs> and Billy Bobs like they don't need for Dory to run around and be like mm, you should stop doing that your dress is too short like they just need Dory to be who Dory is mm -hmm. and love them and you know if she connected with one be like oh yeah come hang out with us and then yeah. if you come hang out and then you're gonna be friends and then from there it's like oh you want to come to church with us not in a way to yeah. like get them to church and then it's finally there ha 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 it's yeah, like yeah. No, like really because I love you and I want you to know this amazing thing. Like if I went to Target and I found this really good hairspray and I was like, oh, this hairspray is the best hairspray in the world. I would tell everybody about it. I'd be like, you have to go get this hairspray. It's so good. Why don't we do that about Jesus? Like, <laughs> why aren't we on fire for him why the way are, we should be? Yeah, why like are, we're more on fire for like the foundation we found that works for our skin. Yeah, than we are about like how yeah. Jesus works or like how good Jesus has been. And I think, I mean, honestly, like that blows my mind. Like what you were saying because of the fact that like you are one hundred percent right. Like we don't always like I know I do not always think like oh I'm wearing like you know unrepresented God I'm doing these things because. Like, I am quicker to snap, like, especially, like, at Home Depot. 
when I can't stay on these customers. Um, I'm a lot quicker to be like, ah, this is not okay. Like, and snap or whatever. But I think that that's also, which is the beauty of God is like, there's so yeah. much grace. Yeah. Like, God so is, like, even if you did snap at the customer, yeah. it's like, well, good thing it's not a relationship. Exactly. And my relationship with him is not based on whether I snapped at the customer. Now, if you're yelling at a gay parade and you're like representing us like that, that's like, a whole different story. Not that I'm like comparing or Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> this isn't greater than my mind isn't greater than yours, but like at the same time, stay home. Yeah. Like, stay home. stay home. Like, but that's a whole different story. That's like a whole different episode. But I think <laughs> bigotry. Next episode, <laughs> part two. Um, honestly, I might split us because I might split us because it. I mean, too it many, just, too many golden nuggets. Well, I, exactly. Like everything deserves a little bit of room. But um, I had to cough. <coughs> Dude, um, I just wow. There's so much good stuff that and what we've just said and I don't mean that to like boast us just like we like prayed before the episode that God like would be so clear to what he wanted us to say and I believe everything we've said has been very him sent yeah and like I'm just excited to like have people hear it yes um I just well so when you walked out of the community Uh um how did you like I know people ask you, like, oh, when you walked out, did you stop temptation? Obviously, you already answered that. But mm-hmm. how was it with your friends? Like, oh. was, like, yeah. you know, even, even with your ex, you know? Yeah. You know, because... Yeah. Like, someone comes back. <laughs> you know, they come back. <laughs> <laughs> they oh. uh, <laughs> so, did your ex ever come back? Like, did you ever mm-hmm. have those encounters? Mm-hmm. And if so, like, what happened? And when you had your friends... How was that conversation yeah. had when you were like, hey, I'm not gay anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a Christian. Like, did they hate you? Did mm-hmm. they not like you? Or were they like, I respect you? Yeah. So, well, two things. So, first, I'll answer the question about the ex girlfriend. So, mm-hmm. so, as I said, we were living down in San Diego. So, San Diego and San Clemente are about like an hour and a half ish away from each other. And so, I had still been coming up there because I had a job in San Clemente and different things like that. So I was still seeing my girlfriend for a little bit, even after I had gotten saved. Because remember, that was the period where I was like, no, Jesus loves me. He died for Austin, so I could be who I am. Okay, <laughs> I was like, okay. um, and then eventually, as the Lord convicted my heart, I was like, mm, yeah, like I need to. Okay, so I didn't. I thought you had broken up with her before you got no. saved. Yeah. Okay. So wow, why are we the same person? Literally, was dating someone when I got saved too. Literally, had to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Too. Except obviously, he was with a guy, but he was not. He's not a happy family. She was not either. Yeah, we love to hear like you freaking Christians. You suck. I was like, bro, I'm not. I'm like two days in, bro. <laughs> so so i um in that time period where i was kind of like in limbo i had already invited the holy spirit into my heart so i was not in one of those churches like you quietly say the salvation prayer by yourself if you did raise your hand a little bit they're like say all right if you said the salvation prayer i want you to stand up and then when you stand up they say all right come down to the front of the altar yeah (laughs) right imagine being for your whole family dressed like a boy Going up to the altar like, oh, And then you get brought back to a room, and then they connect with you. They give you your first Bible. They kind of like, that's wow, how you get. I love that for you. Yeah. Though. So that's how I got super plugged into the church right away. And it was not like a silent thing, and then the enemy beat me down in isolation. So okay. it was very like proclaimed. So in that, um, 
I was still walking in homosexuality. I remember like very distinctly like being with her like romantically and remember feeling the Holy Spirit like ache, like hurt. Like it felt like I was being stabbed. Like it's like the saying where it's like, God break my heart for what breaks your heart. mm -hmm, But dang, that hurts really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so I remember being with her and again, there's that glass mirror and I remember seeing us again. And this time, like I'm not, I'm not feeling empty. I'm feeling in pain and I'm realizing like, I don't want this anymore. That was the first step to realizing like, I was still like, maybe it's just her. Like, I maybe I don't want to be with her anymore. So I ended up breaking up with her. She had a little bit of a burp, like a mental, like I said, she had some like emotional trauma and emotional abuse going on. So mm-hmm. that part was not very pretty. Like she full on, like, like she had a pencil, she started like stabbing the table. I was like, I need to leave. Like Whoa, I need to go. So that's a little much. That's a little much, right? Yeah, and you're a little. Over the phone. Yeah, and then we were like by ourselves, and so. So I break up with her, right? And I'm one of those people, when I break up with people, and especially, like, with how I kind of was like, I think I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. Like, this was one of my, like, second acts of obedience, right? Besides standing up at the altar. And, (laughs) yeah. And so, so, um, I'm one of those people, like, I'm going to unfollow you. I'm going to delete our pictures because I just, I know we're done. Like, when I, when I break up with someone, I'm done. And so, I get a message, like, I think, like, a month later, and she's like, I want to marry you. I thought you were going to be the one. Um, I, I would literally be a Christian. Like, if that's what you need, like, I could be a Christian and all these different things. And I'm, like, sitting there, I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have any <laughs> So, so, it was, like, not only was then, it was even further, I was even further into the under- beginning to further understand, like, I don't, it wasn't just her, it was that I don't want to be, like, I don't want to be in a homosexual relationship anymore. And so that part was really hard for her. I like communicated back. I'm like, listen, like I completely understand that. And I want you to know, like, be a Christian. Like, that would be awesome. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like dude, I mean, you're go to church. It. Here's this church. I sent her to church. And, um, but I was like, but we can't be together, you know? So yeah. that was really like a closed chapter, but that was a little like frightening to me. And then to know like where her emotional state was to then even reach out further where it was like we weren't dating that long it was maybe like three months like that was that was about it yeah mine was like two like yeah yeah so two months of like mental stuff and Mm -hmm. then a month of like wow yeah yep (laughs) and so and it so to be like i want to marry you that freaked me out a little bit and so yeah yeah, really closed the chapter on her and i was like we're done and after that message and after that conversation i've never talked to her again okay now with my friends it was a little bit different because like i said we moved down to san diego in in San Clemente, um, my parents, they ran a marijuana business. So that was the business that failed. And we ran it out of our house. And so I was very popular. like, And that's why I had access to weed all the time. I see, I see. Um, so literally, I was a, like a zombie. I was high every single day. And in California, like they're it's known for their weed. Like they're known for the best weed. And so I was really high. I was not just like a little bit high. I was very high all the time. And so, and I would have people over at my house all the time because they were there to smoke weed and get high and be our friends. They were our friends before and we would smoke weed and run around and be very bad. But then when it happened at our house, it was even further. 
And so this group of friends in particular were like my my brother's friends that ended up like him and I are really close in age. And so they ended up becoming my friends too. Yeah. Because like I said, I kind of started being homeschooled. And so a lot of my like intimate friends kind of ditched me in that season of of when I was really sick. Because I couldn't keep up. Like, yeah. and then you get busy and you forget about the person that's not at school. So it's like, what were they to do? That makes sense, yeah. yeah. And so this group of friends though, they were very like a lot of few of them were like on like in some form of a different sexuality so like either that be lesbian pansexual like whatever it may be and then there was this other dude and he was just kind of like super straight and that that group of friends was really hard when I had communicated with them because I went back to visit them we were like at first we were like no, like, Jesus loves you, like, we get to be, like, I can still be gay, like, that's, like, no one said that, but I was like, that's, that's what I'm reading, like, (laughs) so I was like, we're good, like, you can be who you are, and they were like, that's cool, good for you, like, (laughs) nothing, and so it was very much like, cool, that's awesome for you guys, but that's not for us, and we, for them, I stayed connected with them on social media, but moving down to San Diego, that was really the Lord because he pulled us out of all of the people who that we were using drugs with, all of the people that we were partying with. Yeah, I was with. about to say, do you believe that it was like God's thing for your business oh, to fail? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> this, this, our family, like, would not, I, I honestly don't know where it would be. Like, I was suicidal. I know my oh. sister was even more suicidal than me. Um, and I don't know what, what my family would look like if the Lord didn't intervene the way that he did to get us down to san diego to get us at that church because as we healed our parents began to heal more and they're still going through a longer process but our family like is night and day compared to what it was and um so the lord's plan was really for us to become homeless have that extremely like wilderness season this is december there's these things called el ninos we're blowing through so it was like torrential downpours we had an rv but we would rent campsites and so we would we literally lived in tents and like i had like all my stuff in like you know those like tub those big like tubs that like have the snap lids that was all the stuff i owned was in just one tub and and a yoga mat (laughs) um and that was a an extreme wilderness season broke us like you i thought we were broken when we lived in the house i did not know the level of brokenness you could be in and so that is how the lord brought us down to san diego and then he planted us in san diego so that was i think another reason why we were able to literally just keep going forward with the lord because all of the bad influences and those deep wounds and those deep traumas and friendships different things those were left in san Clemente, and we got to go it was like a fresh start it was literally a fresh start with people who befriended us and so our whole church community became like our best friends like it is it was like i guess a mega church would be considered um it's called the rock and i've heard of it i think oh there you go thanks san diego pastor miles mcpherson he wrote the third option really do they have like other campuses they do wait no remember we talked about this and then you were like and then you said a campus and i was like no it's not it Oh, that's it, it right. Was in and I was like, I've yep. heard of it. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so it's called the same thing. It's so. called The Rock. Yeah. And we, um, so getting involved in that community and being surrounded by Christians, literally like 
all of our friends became Christians and all of our friends became like people who were pushing us towards the Lord. And um, so we got to still like pour in via social media pretty much and watch how our lives have changed and different things like that. And we connect with them and we love them. And we still like, we'll say like happy birthday or Merry Christmas and talk and check in. But they really didn't react that much when I told them because the world's view of it is like, well, like that's who you are. That's who you are. But I'm like, no, this isn't who I am. (laughs) Like I want to be. I wanted to be what you are. I have to I have to choose to be this. And that's really where this big divide, like we were talking about TikTok earlier. Yeah. I had I had uh, posted a TikTok and I had kind of started like a small Christian page and and it, this one TikTok in particular of just showing pictures of what I looked like before Christ and what I look like now after Christ and a few things of what have changed. It blew up. It got like 100,000 views and 20,000 wow. likes, but then like 3,000 comments of people being like, oh, so you're just back in the closet now. Oh, you're just brainwashed. Oh, you're just these different things. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Because then how do you explain to someone like, well, I went through the process of renewing my mind like with the Holy Spirit. So it's not necessarily brainwashing, but you like get to choose what you think. You get to choose what you focus on. You get to choose what you believe. Now I may feel like doing certain things, but I fell in love with the Lord more than what my desires were Mm -hmm. and that was really the anchor to it all so it didn't matter how strong my desires were I knew I was like I love Jesus and I know he loves me and I know that he wouldn't want something for me that isn't good and so because of that I'm going to not do that I'm going to choose to walk away from that and so that was like good for them to see but it really breaks my heart because none of them have gotten saved and their lives have kind of just kept going Mm. the direction they were and continued with the like major depression anxiety and those different things and that was something I was really plagued with too was extreme depression and the Lord took that away as well yeah so It was a process, but the Lord did it. Like, he did all of that. Yeah. Wow. I feel like, mm, like, it was, yeah. Mm, Isn't it it crazy? Speechless. Um, But I I love that you said, you know, like, when I fell in love more with the Lord than I did with my desires. Like, that is powerful. Yes. Like, powerful. Because our desires can be really strong, but our God is stronger. Yeah. And, um. It breaks my heart to hear that, though, that, like, none of your friends were able to kind of come out of it. Um, But obviously, like, but we know who God is. And we know his capacity to convert our hearts. Oh, yeah. So it's like, when he's ready to bring them home, he's ready to bring them home. And if he, if they die not knowing him, like, that sucks. Sucks. So (sighs) He's such a good father. Yeah. but I think that the beauty is that that's not your burden to carry, and you know that. And yeah. that's what, and that's, that is the beauty of Jesus, too, is like he'll carry our burdens even if we are like, oh, this, I just could have done more. And he's like, no, mm. actually, it wasn't your place to do more. Actually, it says, all come to the cross through me, me. not through, through you. you. Mm-hmm. Like you can shepherd them towards me, yeah. but I'm the one that they come through, not you. So really love the effort, really love it, but yeah. I appreciate it. But, and ultimately, like, Ultimately, it's my job. And yeah. It's my thing, and it's my burden to carry, like, not yours. And Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, he is so good to us, and 
I love to oftentimes people get pushed away from knowing Jesus like how we're talking about like it would suck if they went to hell mm-hmm. and mm, Pastor Miles he phrased it once he's like people will get really caught up on the idea that like well I couldn't love a God who would send people to hell but in reality what is happening is it's like you don't want to be with me so I have to send you to the only place where I'm not well yeah it- Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, was like, I was thinking as I, as you were talking, and I was like, um, I wrote a paper, and I like like I was writing a paper on Christianity, and it said, um, you know, it said like hell or whatever, and then I said, um, I re- I rephrased hell, and I said the place where God is absent. Yeah. And so it's not just that God is sending them to like this burning fire of hell. And yeah. Everyone's gonna like. Because God's like, ha ha. You didn't say the salvation prayer? Mm. You suck. Out of here. You could never. The Lord is like, imagine on Judgment Day how the Lord feels to be like, you don't want me. Yeah, imagine. (laughs) Like, for those people who, like, for, I've experienced people tell me, like, I don't want you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Imagine. Imagine being God and, like, being like, I could change your life. Yeah. Because, like, we have the capacity to change people's lives, but nowhere near the capacity God has to change people's lives. And so it's, like, what we I think for a really long time I also had that thought of, like, oh, God, like, why would he send people to hell? But, like, I do believe God gives, like, you that last chance before mm. he's, like, opens that door and he's, like, mm. all right, like, you have to go down there yeah. if you don't like if you refuse me yeah but i don't believe that god like you die and then he's like oh go right there help yeah. right sinners this way go you know what i mean yeah. onward he mm-hmm. doesn't look at you down like you know you could have done better yeah like god is like hey um, um hey hi and pursuing us yeah and, it, and then that person goes like ew and god's like oh. yeah oh there's the door there's only one place where I'm not. And yeah. if you don't want to be with me, I'm... And that's the beauty of our free will. Yeah. Like, Jesus gave us free will to choose him. <laughs> to choose everything in our yeah. lives. Like, God's like, oh, you can choose blue or red. Red is going to suck. Blue is not going to suck. And then you choose red, and he's not like, ah, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? Like, he's literally like, It's gonna be terrible. And then he's like, "Oh, okay." And he like runs like a mile up, and he's like, "Again, red or blue?" You know? It's like God is so persistent. Like God's like, "Red or blue? Red or blue? Blue? Come on, please, blue, blue, blue." And then you like choose blue, and he's like, "Yeah, and get like, the angels <laughs> Like he's like, "Go, go, go!" And just he's like, bring the arm, bring the trumpet, bring the food. Like, like you know what I mean? It's and that like, was literally just like just for you, Dory, to say yeah, yes to the exactly. Lord, like. like Oh my gosh. And so it's like, you know, people spend their entire lives choosing red. Mm-hmm. Their entire lives choosing red. And it's like, and then it, it gets to the last moment and God's like, please, please choose red. I mean, blue. Please choose <laughs> Don't choose red. red. Don't choose red. <laughs> no, 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 not red. And he's like, choose blue, please, please, please. And you're like, no, red. And he's like, yeah. and he's like, ah. And so, um, you know, he's like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I'm so sad that this is the case, but I have to send you. Yeah. And I mean, there are people who deserve it. <laughs> Not like people I know. No, you know? there are some. There's some people that I'm like, mm, the grace was for everybody. <laughs> the blood covered everything. <laughs> I don't even meet people. 
people I know. I'm talking like Hitler. Yeah, like, no, no, like like the like, like yeah. pedophiles are one of those people that I'm like, okay, Lord, I know it's for everyone. It is for everyone. It's for everyone. You made it for everyone. It like, covers everyone, Jesus. And you're like, all right, you know what? You know what? Yeah, but I think, oh my gosh, like I don't even know, like <laughs> so like. So much is in this episode, and I just am so... The fr- Okay, number one, you meet my energy, which is everything to me right now, because, like, you do the voice, like, the funny voice is just, yes. like, I do, just, like, what I live for, um, and just, like, I, wanna, I want to thank you Aww. for choosing to come here, because, number one, you live far away, <laughs> and this is, like, your day off, so you put in the work, but also... This is your story, mm-hmm. and it's it takes vulnerability to share literally everything you just shared. It takes courage. It takes, you know, the Lord bringing you in and saying, like, hey, like, this is your story, and I know it's vulnerable, and I know that people can misinterpret it, <laughs> and I know that this could be really hard, but I just want to thank you that you trust me mm-hmm. with your heart, and you trust my listeners with your heart, and you trust that, like, you will be met with love because you shared your story. And, like, I want to thank you because it's, like, you could have easily said, you know what, Dory, like, this isn't for me. You know, like, I don't want to share this. It's too vulnerable, too personal. I do not want, like, these people to hear it. But you chose to share it. And I'm so proud of you. Mm. And I'm so thankful (laughs) that I get to share your story on my podcast and that I get to have people hear your story And, you know, my biggest prayer is that people will take this episode and run with it, Mm -hmm. um, take it with grace and Mm -hmm. compassion. Mm -hmm. And if we might have said something that wasn't (laughs) maybe the best We got a little too crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That it's met with love. Yeah. Because I believe in the capacity of the people who are listening um, to love. And so I just want to thank you. And I don't know if you have anything else you want to mm-hmm. say, if you just want to end it off yeah. here. I was at first I just have this like last little thing. Yeah, say it. Thank you, Dory, for creating an opportunity for men and women to share their stories and bring glory to Jesus. And I want you to know that like those words that you just spoke over me, like that's a fruition of the Lord's prayers and work in my life because I spent literally a year after I got saved keeping my testimony a secret. Mm. I couldn't, I felt so much shame to utter the words that, like, I came out of homosexuality, like, Mm -hmm. to say that, and um, the first time I did was one of the first people that, like, one of the first people I shared it with boldly and not out of fear, that person ended up walking away from homosexuality, Mm -hmm. and so I just want to thank you for speaking that over my life, because it just reminded me, I was like, remember that scared little girl who who was so shameful to to sit with a woman, especially, was one thing, Mm -hmm. and talk about that, like, Thank you, Jesus, for how far you brought me. And um, I'm just so thankful for you and your, um, what's the word? The word's escaping me, but just your, your like welcoming, inviting attitude to hear a story that oftentimes in the church can be swept on the rug and uncomfortable. So I just want to thank you for the boldness to put this on your podcast. <laughs> so man, I love you and I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm literally so, I don't know how to take. Okay, well, we're learning. You but are I don't learning. know how to take those things well. I'm like, this one's really pretty. You're like, <laughs> like hiding in the corner. Um, 
Wow, I didn't actually know that, that it was, mm-hmm. like, um, a really hard thing for you to share. But I'm so thankful. And that's the thing about Jesus, like, you know, he's, like, he's so unashamed of us yeah. that he shows us to not be ashamed of him. Yeah. And so it's, like, oh, so good. And freedom so. comes from the blood of, like, the lamb and the words of our testimony, so. I know. And I think you would understand how impactful testimonies can yeah. be and, like, how good. So I'm, I'm honored to get to share it on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I enjoyed it for you <laughs> sitting here and listening to it. Um, and I just, yeah, guys, just like take it for what it is. I have no other words to say. <laughs> I've said everything. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode of Tell It All. Thank you.